I'm giving Draw. myself the point. I think that well, I win that one. I mean, that's the problem is the trails in the national parks are so varied mm-hmm. that it's hard to even put them up against each other and say which one is better. This is the Exploring the National Parks podcast with Dirt in My Shoes. My name is Ash, and I'm a former park ranger and the founder of Dirt in My Shoes. I think that the parks are best seen from the trail, and I'm here to make national park trip planning easy. And I'm John. I carry the kids on the trails, I tell stories, and notice all the things that Ash doesn't care about much, like trees. Join us as we show you around America's spectacular national parks. We're sharing our favorite places, fun facts, adventures, and misadventures. And we'll even throw in a little trip planning. Let's start exploring. It's going down the ultimate trail rumble. (laughs) We are ranking our favorite national park trails that we have hiked. We're going to be fighting. There's going to be some fighting words in this episode because each of us made our own list and we are going to see who comes out victorious. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we've each ranked, what is it, one through 10, all of our top 10. And the rules, as I have just explained to Ash, because she didn't know how we were going to be able to score this thing, we're going to compare tens versus tens, nines versus nines, all the way up to one versus one. And then we'll decide points based on who had the better trail for each of those ranking positions. So Yeah, I still don't understand. I think that my list is great. <laughs> I'm so, sure you have a great list, but mine is know, better. I don't know if you can change my own opinion about my favorite trails in the national parks. So <laughs> but it will be a fun way to talk about our favorite hiking trails and to let you know what trails You might want to add to your own bucket list. Yes, we are a hiking family. We love hiking. Whenever we go to the national parks, we love getting our kids on the trail and making them do some really fun things. And so, I don't know, it's kind of fun talking about these things together. And I feel like as I was discussing with Ash yesterday, not giving her any of my picks or choices, you know, this is the episode that will turn you against your spouse. This is the episode that will cause the most fun, but also like the most disagreement between you and your best hiking buddy. Which hikes are better than which hikes? Which one would you rather do? So it's such a fun thing, but it's a fun argument to have. I love this. I'm so excited. Okay, before we jump into our lists, I have a couple of disclaimers here. Disclaimer number one, I am heavily biased towards big mountains. Yes. So I feel like I have to put that out there because a lot of the trails on my list are just because I think that those big mountain trails are unbeatable. Yeah. Keep that in (laughs) mind. It's not that I have anything against like the desert or smaller mountains or no mountains. Mm -hmm. It's just that I love mountains. Right. And I think my list is a little bit skewed towards mountains as well. And I think for the most part, I'm going to go ahead and just make the claim that mountains are the best thing to hike in. And so (laughs) (laughs) if you disagree, leave us a comment or something like that. I don't know. And send me an email with flowers, you know. Okay. Disclaimer number two. I found as I was writing my list, I was like, there are so many cool hikes in the national parks. This was hard. But like a lot of these hikes, even though they're super cool or like super unique, they can't be compared to the heavy hitters, Uh you know? And so, yes, my list is full of a lot of heavy hitters, 
But John and I both decided, like, we need to do another episode of trails that are not the heavy hitters that are super cool. (laughs) It's so true. So it's forthcoming. We will do an episode like that. But this episode in particular, it's like there's some trails in the parks where it's just like, I'm sorry, but like, there's nothing you can put above this trail. (laughs) That's so true. And you'll you'll definitely recognize some of the names of these. If you if you are a hiker, you'll recognize some of the names probably at the top. I discovered as I was doing this, my five, my six through ten may not be as big of heavy hitters maybe as Ashley's are because I'm kind of weird and I have some specific things that I really love when I go hiking. So well, that I think that for me is going to be the more interesting part of this conversation. Okay, here's the third disclaimer. Third disclaimer is. When I was making my list, I was trying not to choose trails in the same park over and over. Mm-hmm. And Me too. so I tried to spread it out between, I think I did 10 different parks and 10 different trails. But let's be honest, I could have filled my whole list with trails from Grand Teton Glacier and Mount Rainier. <laughs> those are my favorite hiking parks. Mm-hmm. Some of the trails in those parks are so much better to me than trails in other parks that are on this list. Right. So that's my disclaimer. Just because I only named one trail from each of those parks doesn't mean that I don't think there should be more trails on this list (laughs) from those parks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so true. It was kind of difficult being like, "Ah, how many from Zion can I put on here? Or how many? Yeah. Anyways, I'm not going to give away too much yet. Yeah. Okay. So those are my disclaimers. So let's get started. John. Number Trail 10. number 10. My number 10 is, you're going to not believe this, Longhouse from Mesa Verde. Ah, <laughs> I don't hate it. Yeah. So if you haven't been to Mesa Verde or if you have no idea what I'm talking about. So most people have seen Cliff Palace or images at least of Cliff Palace in Mesa Verde. Longhouse is another community or another palace very similar to cliff palace but it's just in a different section of mesa verde and you actually have to hike to it and i actually think it's bigger than cliff palace i don't remember it's like it wasn't like in as good of repair as cliff palace but Mm -hmm. like cliff palace when you take that tour you don't get to actually like walk up by the buildings or anything they just keep you kind of down in front yep longhouse you're like all over, you know, you're able to like peek your head into the windows and yeah. stuff. And there's two 15 foot ladders that you have to climb up to get into different sections of Longhouse. And so you hike down one and a half, one and a quarter miles down to the Longhouse. And then you still, you're going in and around and up and down. And you have to climb these ladders to get to different things that the tour guide is going to show you. It's so much fun and you learn so much. And I feel it's a very immersive experience. And I think that's what you'll notice when you hear my entire list is a lot of my hikes that I really enjoy, like immersive experiences in something specific. And for me, Longhouse in Mesa Verde was one of my most immersive experiences. And I loved it. It's so cool. You get to learn about the ancient Pueblo and people and how they lived, where they lived, and you get to be there and do it. And it is so much fun. And it's a great hike. Let me just say one thing about Longhouse. The hike itself is not that cool. Correct. When you get there, it's cool. Right. And that's something that I grappled with while I was making my list, too. Like, (laughs) 
Is it about the hike or is it about the destination? It's the journey, Ash. It's about the journey. Yeah, I don't know. Well, if it is about the journey, then Longhouse is out. Because the journey is not great, but the destination is really cool. Well, the destination is part of the journey. That's what I'm saying. When you get yeah, there, you have to, you're still having to be active. It's not like you just sit down, you take out your peanut butter sandwich, and you eat lunch, and then you head back. Well, I know. But the rest of the trail, when you're going to and from Longhouse, is not that interesting. But that's when you get to learn a lot of things from the park ranger. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I'm just, I'm leaving that there. Okay. Let's hear okay. your number 10. Well, you know what? We forgot to say, though. We did require each of us to put three three trails on our list that were three miles or less. And this is one of mine, three miles or less. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, we wanted to put some smaller trails on this list mm -hmm. instead of just having like big, massive, like hard trails right. for everything. So my number 10 is also one of my less than three miles trails. And I chose, oh, I had such a hard time with this, but I chose Soul Duck Falls in Olympic National Park. Oh, okay. That's a nice hike. It's a nice hike. So Soldak Falls is 1.6 miles round trip. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty short. It's a good one. It only gains 200 feet of elevation. So again, you know, it's pretty flat and it's not very long. I do put an asterisk next to this one because we love hiking this one like in the late afternoon, early evening mm -hmm. after the crowds have gone. Yeah. So if you do this one during the busy part of the day, you will not think it's as magical as you will. If you go later in the day when like the sun is starting to set and you have more of like it's like ethereal, it's magical. I love the area mm -hmm. because you've got the big old growth forest mm -hmm. that you're walking through. The trail itself is really nice. And then you get to this magical wonderland of waterfalls and moss <laughs> and mist and fog and the sun comes through the trees and it hits you all in pretty ways and it makes rainbows mm -hmm. at the waterfall. I mean, like it just doesn't get better than that in that short of a trail. Well, and the waterfall itself, I'm not sure if you mentioned this, the waterfall, the way that it goes down, it splits from the river and it splits into like at least three different waterfalls. Yeah. Depending on the water flow, it can be anywhere up to like four mm -hmm. waterfalls. And it just like drops down into this gorge. And there's this super picturesque bridge that goes up and over the gorge that allows you to look up into the waterfalls. And oh my gosh, like it's just so magical. I just feel like I'm in a fairyland mm -hmm. on that trail. It is really, really pretty. I do love that trail a lot. And it is probably one of my favorite waterfall hikes in Olympic, for sure. But I'm not sure it beats out Native American ruins the size of a high school. So, Well, if we're going by trail, then it has to be Solduck over Longhouse. But if we're going by destination... Then it could still be Solduck over <laughs> Longhouse. Please, you have to... Oh, gosh. Longhouse. These Mesa Verde, you know, ancient Puebloan ruins. I mean, they're thousands of years old. How cool are they? They are cool. And I, they beat a waterfall for disagree. sure. I disagree. There's more cool waterfalls in America than there are giant Native American ruins. Here's the problem. I think I would choose Balcony House over Long House. But it's not really a hike. I know. 
But that's the thing. Longhouse isn't a great hike. It's just a really cool ruin. (laughs) Oh, man. I'm giving myself the point. I think that I win that one. I mean, that's the problem is the trails in the national parks are so varied Mm -hmm. that it's hard to even put them up against each other and say which one is better. Yeah. Because it totally depends on what you like. This is true. When people ask us what our favorite national parks are, we're like, okay, based on what criteria? You know, it's not what our favorite national parks are generally. It's like, okay, what are you judging upon? You know, is it Native American history? Is it waterfalls? Is it mountain vistas? What are we judging? This wildlife, plant life, what are we judging on? Exactly. And for number 10, I think we're judging on Native American ruins. (laughs) We are not. We're judging on (laughs) the magic. (laughs) Notice how flowery Ash got with her explanation. Goodness. She never talks like that. She just wants I to win. Do. No, that's why I love that hike. <laughs> Seriously. They're so cool. We can't decide on a winner for number 10. But we'll at the end, we'll nine. list out all of our specific lists. <laughs> yes. So that you know what I chose and John chose. Yes. All listed out. But okay. Number nine. Mine for number nine was Druid Arch in Canyonlands. Ah. Uh, you knew that was coming. I, you had picked that last night. Druid Arch was on my list and it got scratched out because I couldn't fit it anywhere. (laughs) That trail is so cool. Okay, so if you don't know what Druid Arch is or where it is, let me kind of give you a a little bit of an introduction to it. So Druid Arch is in the Needles District of Canyonlands. And the Needles District, it's one of the three different sections of Canyonlands. You got Island in the Sky, that's the highest section, Needles is kind of the next level down and then that's where you'll find druid arch and it is just the most amazing arch if you've seen pictures of delicate arch picture it's like it's like an evil looking delicate arch (laughs) it's true like it really the druid name is perfect for it it looks evil i don't know how else to describe it it's like it's so cool it is so cool i actually think it's taller than delicate arch too and the journey to get to Druid Arch is so much fun. You literally feel like you're Indiana Jones walking through these little canyons and slot canyons in different sections. You're following cairns. Uh-huh. You're walking through the river, like bottoms. There's not usually water in there, but, you know, you're like scrambling over rocks mm-hmm. and stuff. Exactly. It is a, such a fun adventure and and that's one of the things i really look for in a great hike is an adventure and that one it's not usually very busy because it takes a long time to get to the needles first of all so how long is it oh the trail itself is uh, 11 miles yeah there and back and you gain about 1600 feet of elevation so it's quite a journey it's quite a bit of work but oh my gosh It feels so much fun. It feels like so much fun getting there and back. The arch itself is magnificent. And then the whole journey there and back, you're like going around this turn and up and over this and around that. You don't see that many people. You really feel like you're exploring this area on your own. It's one of those trails where you almost feel like you're lost. Mm -hmm. Like you don't belong there. You're just kind of walking in the wilderness and hoping that you make it to the right spot, Mm -hmm. which is what makes it super cool, for sure. exactly. And you can't even see the arch until, like, you're right there, too. Yeah. And so you're like, really? I'm climbing up this ladder? I'm going up this hole? 
And then it, there it is. Boom. Well, because you've got a pretty good rock scramble at the end to get to the vista mm-hmm. that you can get a good picture of Druid Arch. Right. So, yeah. I can't contest that one. I mean, that one is one of my favorites. I knew you were going to put a trail from Canyonlands on your list. Yep. Because Canyonlands is your favorite Utah park. And I went back and forth on, I mean, Canyonlands has some really, really, oh my gosh, I just thought of another one. Anyway, oh, (laughs) it has some really good trails. Yes, I love Canyonlands. Best Utah National Park. It is my contention. But what's your number nine? Okay, my number nine is another one of my three under three. Mm -hmm. So it's an under three miles. I put the Notch Trail at Badlands National Park. That is a cool trail. Okay, so the Notch Trail is, again, it's pretty short. It's one and a half miles round trip. Mm -hmm. You only gain a little over 100 feet of elevation. And most of that is on that really epic ladder that you get to (laughs) climb up. It is so cool. Like, it's just one of those trails. Speaking of like a trail that feels like an adventure, that one is so good. Mm -hmm. If you're looking for a fun, adventurous trail, because the destination, let's be honest, the end of the Notch Trail is not why you hike the Notch Trail. Right. You hike the Notch Trail so you can go up the epic ladder and then you're like hiking along the cliffs of the Badlands. Mm -hmm. You know, it's sudden death. If you fall off the side, (laughs) just kidding. It's not that far of a drop. But and this is a trail that we take our kids on. We just make sure we hold their hands. And, you know, Mm -hmm. it can be a little bit crazy trying to get them up that ladder and down that ladder. Mm -hmm. But that is one of my favorite, like most adventurous short trails in any national park. It is really cool. I like that trail a lot. And they don't have cairns, but they have like certain little markers to help you find your way and without that you would never find the end because it is such a cool little maze that you have to make your way through so i do like the notch trail and i love badlands such a good national park and there's buffalo there which makes it you know one step above a lot of the national parks for me (laughs) so i love buffalo Buffalo and bighorn sheep lots of bighorn sheep yes absolutely so i yeah i just love that trail when i think about like my favorite short trails Mm -hmm. The notch is like always near the top of the list just because it's so unique. It's not something you usually get to do at that length. Right. So who wins this round? Nobody. Me. Well, I mean, Druid Arch is great, but how can you compare an 11-mile trail to a one and a half mile trail? You can. You just have to declare a winner. (laughs) And that's what we're doing here. That's what we're supposed to be doing. You're going to... Okay, we're not going to be able to score this very properly. So you at home listening... You decide who wins, and I'm sure we'll be in agreement. Number eight. Okay, this one for me. Oh, I love my number eight trail. I chose the Redwood Mountain Grove in Kings Canyon National Park. Do you remember that one? Yeah. That was, uh, oh my gosh. Okay, let me explain this too. So it is the largest sequoia grove in the world. And so I remember when we were in sequoia, We had so many other trails that we had to get done. And I was just like, oh, we have to get this one. We have to get this one. And then we finally did it like right before the end of our trip last time. And it was the best experience. The largest Sequoia Grove. And it's kind of a choose your own adventure because there's a few different loops that you can do around this grove. And the trees are just so beautiful. And it's a little bit sad because there was a big wildfire there pretty recently. And they had to kind of close it down a little bit. And some of the sequoia trees didn't make it, but 
it's still got a zillion sequoias there and they're huge and they're all around you. And my favorite thing about sequoias is that they're so much bigger than the other trees around them. And so as you, you can tell, and they're a different color, they're like a bright orange and you can see them and they're just massive and they just stand out among the crowd among other trees. And as you're going around this trail and kind of circling the grove, it's just like, it feels like you're in Jurassic Park in a lot of ways. It's so cool. And you can do it as long as you want. It can get up to as much as 10 miles or you can do what we did. And we did like two to three miles. So it's one of my under threes. It's awesome. Sequoia and Kings Canyon are some of the best national parks. (laughs) That's all I have to say. I went back and forth on a few trails Mm -hmm. in Sequoia Kings just Mm -hmm. because it's so epic. Mm -hmm. And those trees, like you might just be thinking, well, they're just big trees. Mm -hmm. There is nothing like standing in a grove of Sequoia trees. No, they're amazing. Oh, my gosh. I could talk about them for days. I just love big trees. And these ones especially, they're the largest by volume organism on the planet. They're so big. Yeah. So the cool thing about that trail, too, and a lot of trails in Sequoia Kings that go through the groves, I mean, you really don't have to do the whole thing Mm -hmm. if you don't want to. Right. If you can, you should. But, you know, like that trail, you could easily just park and walk for a few minutes. Mm -hmm. It's quiet enough. There's not usually that many people there. Right. And so, you know, you find solitude pretty quickly in those groves of trees yeah you know where you can kind of just if you want to stroll for a minute you just want to sit and soak it in whatever you want to do you know it's oh such a great place for that yeah and two of the biggest 25 trees in the world are in that grove and so one of them is named the heart tree and i'm blanking on the other one but i mean they're just so beautiful and you can just put your hand on them and you just realize this tree is like 3,000 years old. It was here so long ago and it's seen so many winters. So many, I don't know. It's just there's something magical about putting your hand on something that ancient and just like, I don't know, connecting your souls together. I don't know. It's a little bit cheesy, I guess, but it's just something fun. So that's my number eight. What's your number eight, Ash? Before I jump to mine, there are some really good other trails in Sequoia that I was thinking about. <laughs> Um, Moro Rock. That one is so fun. Oh, it's so And cool. I didn't think about that one, but that one would be a under three mile trail. It's super cool. Mm-hmm. And Zumwalt Meadow. Loved mm-hmm. that one. That one's like really like Yosemite. Yes. Um, so I love that one. Anyway, just side note, like as you're saying that, I'm like, there are a few other trails that should have been on my list. Yeah. I actually put park. Mist Falls as my number 14. Oh, yeah, so that's a good one. didn't make my top 10. But if you remember Mist Falls from Kings Canyon, that is incredible too. Yeah. Ah, so many good hiking trails in that park. Yes. Okay, my number eight. I'm having some anxiety over my (laughs) choices now because I'm realizing I forgot some really cool trails. Okay, my number eight is the Devil's Garden Trail in Arches National Park. Ooh, that one is so much fun. Okay, so the Devil's Garden, it's around seven miles round trip, a little bit longer if you decide to go out to the Dark Angel. Mm -hmm. And it only gains... Elevation-wise, it's not too bad. It's like a 1,000 feet of elevation. Mm -hmm. I just, I was trying to think more of like what trail is just so cool Mm -hmm. in the national parks. And I love that trail. First of all, like you can see like 
eight different arches yeah. as you hike that trail. Mm-hmm. And they're like, they're cool arches. They're so unique. Yeah. And so you're like hiking on top of fins, which are like the narrow rocks that mm-hmm. the arches eventually get carved out of. And so you're hiking on top of fins and you're following cairns and it's just really adventurous feeling. And then you're just going off all these little side trails to find all the different arches that are along the way. And then you get around to the back because like once you get to double O arch, which is kind of the main arch back in there Mm -hmm. that a lot of people want to see. A lot of people just turn around from there and go back the way they came. Mm -hmm. But if you go beyond that, then you're technically on what's known as the primitive trail of Devil's Garden. And this is one where just like not as many people go on it. You're like sliding down slick rock and going around little pools of water. And, you know, there's a couple more arches back there. But I just thought, you know, as far as like actual adventure and cool things that you get to see the whole way. I think Devil's Garden is just like, it's so high on my list for those reasons. Oh, it is so much fun. And it really is. It's kind of like when we were talking about the Druid Arch Trail. It's an immersive, adventurous trail. And you just feel like you're Indiana Jones going up and down over all these things. And you're just going to find some ancient ruin or something right there. You know, it's so cool. I also really like Navajo Arch. Uh-huh. Because like if you're understanding under Navajo Arch and you kind of look up, it looks like it's burning. The way the sandstone is kind of eroding off of it, it looks like what's that cool? Fi- the house on fire. The house on fire. In, it yeah, looks just in like that. Ears. Yeah, it's so cool. The other thing that I love about it is you will find a fair amount of people on it, really up to like the double O arch area. But I mean, still not that many. Mm-hmm. Most people just start the trail and hike to landscape arch, which is very you know very impressive mm-hmm. by itself. You know, a lot of people hike there and then turn back. But if you keep going, um, and I think the sign is like, from Landscape Arch is like primitive trail, like enter at your own risk type of thing, you know. And so I think it scares a lot of people. Once you get back in there, it's just Arches is a national park that's kind of hard to find solitude. Mm-hmm. It's very busy. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of arches right near the road. And so, you know, you're not hiking hiking a lot Mm -hmm. in that park and so i really like it because for me when i go to arches i feel like i need that escape Mm -hmm. and the devil's garden trail is perfect for it yeah so is the fiery furnace but i went with devil's garden because you see so many arches right and you don't have to have a a permit to go into devil's garden either like you do for the fiery furnace so it's easily accessible but we kind of glanced over it for a second. But I love Landscape Arch. It's like a football field across. It's huge. It's a massive arch. I mean, yeah. Like, where else can you see that many arches in one hike? Yes. So, nowhere. Nowhere. Exactly. <laughs> so that's my number eight. Awesome. All right. And now number seven. And by the way, if you haven't noticed, we've stopped scoring this. So <laughs> it's impossible to score. Yes. We need your help. We want your feedback, which one you would choose. Yes, definitely. To be the tiebreaker because <laughs> I'm not coming off my spot and he's not coming off his. So <laughs> everybody wins when you do all these hikes anyways. It's true. But yes, we'll, we'll have to put up like a poll on Instagram or something like that. Right. Yeah. Uh, we'll yeah. see. Pull the audience and see what you guys think. All right, number seven. Kate, I'm really excited about this one. My number seven is Geyser Hill in Yellowstone National Park. And so Geyser Hill is like 1.3 miles and up and down with some boardwalks. So you don't really gain that much elevation. But I feel like there's no other hike in the country like it. 
and you just wander around and you see geysers, you see water, boiling water, acidic water, basic water, cold water flowing out of the earth, you know, spurting and, you know, spraying. It is so cool. It's just what other hike is there in the country that's this alive with geologic awesomeness? Agreed. However, (laughs) I have a really hard time calling that hike a hike. It's a boardwalk around some geysers and some really cool stuff. But like, do I strap on my hiking boots and bring my water and my first aid kit and stuff? No, you don't. But if you're pulling kids around the boardwalks, sometimes you get pretty sweaty and frustrated because you're pulling kids around from one thing to the other because they're like, no, I want to stay and look at this. It's so cool. And you're like, "Okay, let's move on to the next one. Yeah, but that happens at like Target, too. That's (laughs) when you're pulling kids, you're pulling kids. Okay, the Target's not a, a wonder of the world. Of course not. But I'm just saying pulling kids doesn't make it a hike. Geyser Hill is so cool. Yes. So cool. One of my favorite spots mm-hmm. in Yellowstone. Yes. And the area around Geyser Hill, like, you know, when you hike further out too, because Geyser Hill is pretty small. And then there's all the other stuff you can see too mm-hmm. in that area. So I agree with you. I love that area. Would I call it a hike? No. <laughs> so I think around for a long time. I automatically win number seven. No way you don't automatically win. It's so cool. I do, especially because my number seven is really good. Uh, let's see what, what is it for my number seven i chose the mist trail in yosemite in yosemite that is a good one uh. and that's a real trail by the way it will kick your butt <laughs> <laughs> um yes. so the mist trail what's cool about the mist trail is you really can make it as short or as long as you want mm-hmm. and so you know it's anywhere from around two-ish miles to like six Mm -hmm. to seven miles. My favorite route of the Mist Trail. So if you've never been to Yosemite, first of all, the Mist Trail has everything good from Yosemite. It has the huge granite cliffs. It has massive waterfalls. You're going through a forest. Like you just get all of Yosemite's grandeur in this one hike. It's amazing. You feel like you're in this outer world. It's I don't know. The waterfalls are just so big. It's incredible. It's hard to explain. Well, and so you're hiking and you're going up. There's a footbridge you can stop at, like once you can see Vernal Fall. But I wouldn't stop there. I'd keep going. If you keep going, you can actually hike up some rock steps up the side of Vernal Fall. (laughs) Like, it's so cool. You're literally hiking up the side of the waterfall. Like, that water is just pounding down if you time it right. You've got to go, like, early summer Mm -hmm. to get the poundage (laughs) from this trail. (laughs) But like the water is just pounding down and the mist is just coming up like crazy. It's like swirling like a torrent. It's so cool. And so you're just drenched. You're completely drenched and you're hiking up the side of this waterfall and then you can stand up at the top of it. A lot of people turn around there Mm -hmm. and it's really impressive, you know. So if you're not wanting to hike a ton, it's still pretty hard. I mean, that one gains a good amount of elevation just to get up to the bottom of Vernal Fall, and then you're doing steps Mm -hmm. (laughs) all the way to the top. But I think what really seals it for me is once you get past Vernal Fall, you can keep going and you go up and you can actually hike to the top of Nevada Fall, Mm -hmm. which is even bigger. Yeah. Not as misty because you're not like going right up next to it, but it's this massive waterfall. And then you're up there and you're like, just the views open out to all these massive granite cliffs Mm -hmm. and you've got the waterfall. And then 
if you make it that far, you have to go around, you stand at the top of it, and then you keep going around on the John Muir Trail so that you get like that epic view mm-hmm. of the waterfall with the, you know, the big monolith behind it. And it's just like, I have so much love for that trail, even though it's usually pretty busy. Mm-hmm. And I tend to not like to hike those really busy trails, but oh, it is so fantastic. It, you know, I don't think I knew there was that much granite in the whole world until I went on that trail. And there's just dome after dome and giant cliff after you know giant waterfall. And there's just so many cool things about that trail. We are not underselling it. It is incredible. I love that trail. You put it way too low on your list, though. I don't know. <laughs> I I love that trail, but I think the reason that it's not like in my top five or whatever is really just because a it's kind of a pain to like get to the trailhead. Mm-hmm. You've got to take the park shuttle, and we've had plenty of times where it takes forever to right. catch a shuttle, and by the time you get on the trail, there's a million people, and so. That actual experience, like it's hard to kind of start the trail as early as I typically like to be on a busy trail like that. And just the the logistics of it, Mm -hmm. I feel like kind of detract a little bit for me. But the trail itself, especially the misty part and then going on to Nevada Fall. Yeah, I mean, if I was just going off the trail alone, it would have been higher on my list. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, that is a really good number seven. Number seven. Number seven. Yeah, I love it. Okay, let's keep going on. Number six, I put the South Kaibab Trail. Bingo! You did the same Me one? Me too! Yes! Just, we agree. We should have proud of us. <laughs> we've been married 10 years. This is the best we've ever done. <laughs> okay, why'd you put it as number six? All right, number so the South Kaibab Trail, if you don't know where it's at, it's in the Grand Canyon on the South Rim, and it takes you, it's the fastest route all the way down to the Colorado River. And so what is so cool about this trail is you're basically on this ridge diving straight down into the canyon and your views change constantly. I feel like sometimes there are certain trails in the Grand Canyon where the view doesn't change that often. Oh, I talk about this a lot, especially if you've gotten the Grand Canyon itinerary Mm -hmm. from me. I am heavily biased towards the South Kaibab over the Bright Angel. Mm-hmm. And part of that's not fair. Part of it is because the Bright Angel is the one you usually come up on. Mm-hmm. And so you're already kind of grumpy and miserable. So you're just trying to get out of the canyon. But I mean, secondly, is the Bright Angel is a lot of switchbacks. It's just switchback after switchback after switchback mm-hmm. going up and out of the canyon. And so for me, South Kaibab, you know, where your view is changing, you're not switching back as much as you're going down, 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 down. But it does. It changes constantly. Mm -hmm. And you get so many different views of the layers of Mm -hmm. the Grand Canyon. You get different views of the river, you know, as it kind of comes and peeks in and out as you're hiking and you're going up and over these ridge lines. And, you know, like it's just 360 degree views. You know, you're not like backed up against the canyon wall doing switchbacks. Mm-hmm. You're like actually like hiking out into the Grand Canyon. Yeah, like the middle of the Grand Canyon, like she said, 360 degree views all around you. And so you can see these giant I don't know what you call them. Like there's these temples almost is what some of them look like, right? Mm-hmm. These giant castle formations and temple formations of, of the land masses in the Grand Canyon. You get to see them all. You're not pigeonholed into any specific spot. And so you can see everything. It's so fun. You move so fast through the Grand Canyon. 
and you get down to the river and you're like, holy smokes, I made it to the Colorado River, which you can, it's hard to see actually from the rim of the Grand Canyon. And it's the fact that you're there, you're touching it, you're putting your feet and your face in it. I don't know. It's just so cool because it's a serious accomplishment. And by the way, going down that far is almost 5,000 feet. Yes. (laughs) So by the time you get there, not only do you want to put your hands in your feet, but you want to soak your knees for weeks in that water because it's pretty rough on your knees, or at least it was for me. Yeah, it's rough on the knees for sure. Yeah, and it is it is the shortest route into the Grand Canyon, so it's about seven miles. Mm-hmm. Not there and back. <laughs> right. Just there. Right. Just down into the canyon is seven miles and 5,000 feet of elevation change. Right. So, I mean, if I don't think there's a more, like, gnarly trail on my list than that it's like you know and and most people don't try to come out of the grand canyon via the south kaibab right because it's there's not like rest stations there's not water Mm -hmm. along the way and so that's why a lot of people come out bright angel Mm because there's like restrooms and water yes as you're coming out the indian gardens and so, there's a couple isn't there two rest stations along that yeah trail? there's a couple of rest stations as you're coming out on the switchbacks and so yeah it just for me the south kaibab is like everything good about a national park you know it's just like the way that hiking should be mm-hmm. i don't know if i've ever felt so much accomplishment yeah after doing a trail like that and it is so cool i've kind of got a a family connection to the Grand Canyon. My grandpa loved hiking in the Grand Canyon. And so that's one of the reasons why it's one of my favorites is because I feel a connection through that trail to him. And he has since passed, rest in peace. Especially our children are always going to think about you when they think about Grand Teton. You know, there's different trails, there are different national parks that you're going to visit that, you know, that become part of you a little bit. And so as you go back to these places over and over again, you know, you'll develop kind of a relationship with these places that kind of goes from generation to generation. And so, I don't know, for me, that's why it's my number six. It's just so much fun. I'm so glad we agree. Yes. That is a great trail. Let's see what okay. we, let's see if we can keep this going. Oh, you're not going to agree with my number five. I already know. <laughs> What's number five? Okay. My number five is my last one that's under three miles. Okay. It made it pretty high on the list too. So my number five is the Beehive Trail. Yep, we don't agree, but that's I a great trail. I knew we trail. didn't agree. I love the Beehive Trail. This trail is in Acadia National Park. Shout out to my East Coasters, because I know we've been pretty heavy on the West Coast parks. <laughs> but Acadia, first of all, is just one of the coolest national parks in the national park system. Mm-hmm. I love that national park. The Beehive Trail, it is only 1.9 miles round trip. You do gain a fair amount of elevation, and it's fun elevation. Mm -hmm. It's not like switchback elevation, you know, so you're gaining about 500 feet. You're working your way basically from the ocean up to the top of the Beehive, which is, I don't know, a little mountain dome thing. Mm -hmm. Kind of a granite dome. Yeah, but the way you're making your way up to the top of the beehive is through like iron rungs. You know, you're holding on to these iron rung ladders that are like, you know, anchored into the rock. And you're legitimately like climbing on the cliffs, mm-hmm. hanging on to these iron rung ladders. Yes. Um. So it's quite terrifying, actually. It's not one of those like really good family friendly trails, but sure, <laughs> you know, this is like one that, 
we didn't take our kids on this one. They're pretty young. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just going to be too much trying to get like our four-year-old to hang on to the ladder and climb up. Right. <laughs> but I just, I love this trail and I love Acadia. And so I just really had to put it that high on my list. So picturesque. One thing about Acadia is like everything is beautiful. Like the whole place is just so pretty. And I loved going up and down that trail because going up and you do only want to go one direction. You are up the rungs. There's luckily nobody should be coming down at you because it's kind of scary in some places. It gets your adrenaline going and it is just so much fun. I love it. I actually put the big brother to that trail. I put the precipice trail as my number 13. So, okay. So we have Acadia. It's up there and it should feel represented. Our East Coasters, we love Acadia. I the, put the Precipice Trail, but it, it's not as high as on my list as yours is. The Precipice Trail is too scary for me. The Precipice Trail is like the Beehive Trail on steroids. I'm happy yeah. with the Beehive Trail. I'm not like super scared of heights, but I don't feel like really stable on my feet. I'm kind of klutzy just in everyday life. And so hiking some of the like cliffside trails and stuff, it's not like I'm afraid of heights. I'm more just afraid of tripping and falling or like, Mm -hmm. you know, my own human error of, you know, missing an iron rung and falling, you know, careening down the cliff. The consequences are real. Yeah. On a trail like this. Yeah. So the precipice is too much for me, but the beehive is just so fun and so cool. And it's just one of those, I feel like, you know, when you're talking about the most epic and like unforgettable trails in a national park, the beehive needs to be on that list. Yeah, it is so good. Oh, I love it. Okay. What's your number five? Okay. So my number five also has things to hold on to. But it's Angels Landing in Zion. I put that okay. in my number five. Yeah, so, that one didn't make my list. So this one is so much fun. And just like the Beehive and the Precipice Trail, you know, there are sections of this trail where you have to hold on to chains in order to make it alive up to the next part of the trail. And the Angels Landing is five miles long and you gain like 1,500 feet of elevation. And so it is work, man. And it is a really crowded trail because everybody wants to do Angel's Landing. And so you get there, you know, you're doing it with most of Western civilization, but it is so cool. And you get these great views of Zion Canyon, you know, and you go through these tiny little canyons, you know, like Refrigerator Canyon and Walter's Wiggles, these little switchbacks that take you up. It feels like a back road slot canyon almost on your way up to the very top of this giant monolith within Zion Canyon. And then you get to the chain section, you know, and you're working your way up to the chains just so you can get out onto this thing. And it's just so beautiful, so pretty. It's a lot of work. It's kind of like the South Kaibab Trail for me, where it's like, I had to work to earn this. And then you get up there and you're like, yes, you look down the canyon and you're looking around and it's just red rock everywhere. You're seeing all the different layers in Zion Canyon and you're like, wow, yeah, I did it. I'm glad you chose that one because that one does deserve to be on a top 10 list Mm -hmm. for sure. Yes. Just in terms of like epicness, Mm -hmm. you know, for me. So I love that trail. I absolutely love that trail. But where it turns me off Mm -hmm. is all the idiots that hike that trail. Okay. And I just, there's no other way to say it. 
when you're up on that trail. And they recently put in a permit system, which has helped with the overcrowding. But like in years past, there are always people who won't wait and just be patient Mm -hmm. as you're moving along the chains. And you're literally on, you know, you have a thousand foot drop on both sides of you as you're going up these chains. And there's people who like, are trying to get around you and trying to make you move and mm-hmm. and trying to get you to let go so they can go around and blah, blah, blah. You know, it gives me a lot of anxiety. Yeah. So I will hike that trail and I do love that trail, but it's got to be at the right time, mm-hmm. which for me is not summer when most of the people are in that park. Yep. And it's not like in the middle of the day. It's either really early or really late when things have calmed down a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then I could see it making my list. Yes. Ah. Uh, well, I hope that we will one day do it again. Oh, man. Well, good. Well, Angel's Landing is so much fun. I love it. It's just so beautiful and it's so epic. I have some friends when I was selling cars, they don't even hike that much, but they did that trail, you know, just because they knew how epic it was and how much fun it was. Number four? Number four. Let's do it. What's your number four? Okay, my number four is in Zion. Ooh, I know which one it is. Yeah, well, caveat. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) so my number four favorite trail in any national park is the Narrows, but it's the Narrows top down. Ooh, that's cool. Okay, so the Narrows is in Zion National Park. You're hiking up through the Virgin River, and that is your trail is Mm -hmm. the river. And so if you've seen pictures of people, you know, you've got your big hiking stick, you've got your special shoes, and you're just trudging through the river. And basically, you go through this really narrow part where the river is carved out a slot canyon. And you're hiking through the river through this slot canyon. And uh, it's kind of like Solduck Falls for me, where it's just like you're in there and you're like, how is this real? Like, I feel (laughs) like I've been transported to a magic land. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's so cool. To literally have the canyon walls towering over you by hundreds of feet and you're going through this river. Plus, light is so cool in that canyon. Yeah. I feel like last time we did that hike, there was like some smokiness to the air a little bit. And so when the light came through in like beams of light, it was like Simba, you know, from the Lion King. (laughs) Yeah. The clouds parted, the canyon walls parted and just light comes down into the canyon. You're just like. It was. It really is like, oh, you know, when you're in there. But I have to say, okay, so a lot of people, most people, hike the Narrows from the bottom up. You take the shuttle to the Temple of Sinawava, you hike the Riverside Walk, and then you go into the river from there. And then from there, you're hiking upriver until you, you know, want to turn around or until you get to Big Springs, which is five miles up. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then you have to turn around. You can't go beyond Big Springs if you're doing bottom up. That part of the trail, though, it's really, really cool because that's like the narrow Wall Street area of the Narrows. Mm -hmm. That is where all the people are. Yes. And you won't find solitude and it's kind of crazy and chaotic. But if you do the top down, first of all, you need a permit to do the top down. Mm -hmm. You can day hike it if you can do 16 miles in a river in a day, which I would not recommend, but people do. Or you can camp overnight in the canyon next to the river, you Mm -hmm. know, and then finish the rest the next day, um, which is what we did. And so if you start from the top, first of all, there's like hardly anyone up there, really. Not a lot of people do it that way. Mm -hmm. You know, it can get 
a little bit busier, but it's nothing compared to the bottom part of the Narrows. So you start at the top and you're going down and you're just following the river all the way down and it's gorgeous. There's like a waterfall you have to go around and stuff. But the coolest part for me is if you camp in the canyon that night, then you can get up the next morning and you can do the coolest part of the Narrows, which is the Wall Street section of the Narrows, that like really slot canyony feel Mm -hmm. (laughs) part of the Narrows. You can do that before it gets busy with all the people coming up from the bottom. That is such a good reason to do it like that. Yeah. And so it was like magic because... You're in the canyon, you're spending the night right next to the river, which is cool. But then you get up early, you get down into Wall Street, you're going through the canyon without any people around, like there's nobody there. Mm -hmm. Because unless you've camped in the canyon, you're the only one there, you know, and there's only 12 campsites in the canyon. And so it's just, ah, you got to do it that way at least once in your life, especially if you love to hike. I mean, it is just, it's epic. It is so And cool. it is the best way to see the Narrows because then you're not surrounded by people mm-hmm. while you're in just this amazing otherworldly spot through the river. Great choice. That's my that choice. choice. I love the Narrows top down. Yes. Got to be top down. That made my number 11. Yeah. The Narrows was my number 11. So, no, I love the Narrows. Great choice. My number four, you love this trail, the Highline Trail in Glacier National Park. Yeah. Oh, I love the Highline Trail. So if you've ever been to Glacier National Park, there's the Going to the Sun Road. And at the very top of the Going to the Sun Road at Logan Pass is where the Highline Trail starts. And you just get to take this awesome trail kind of across the mountains and you get the best views of Glacier National Park from this trail. And there is nothing in the park uh, that I would love to do more again. I just, I would go back to do that trail every year. It is so beautiful. And depending on what time of the year you go, I mean, you can see tons of bear grass blooming. You could see, what is it, Bird Woman Falls across the canyon. And it's just this massive waterfall that uh, you can't even, I, I don't know, I just can't describe some of the beauty, but there's all these Ah, beautiful peaks. I'm just like in a, in a, I'm having a moment right here. (laughs) Talking about the Highline Trail. It's so great. And there's this spur trail that I absolutely loved going on that takes you up to the top of one of the mountains that you're on. And you can look over into the mini glacier area and you just, I don't know, I just feel like the views are so cool. It's like you're literally on top of the world and It's yours for the taking. I don't know. It's just so cool. There's no disagreement I can give you for that trail because it is the most popular trail in Glacier. Mm -hmm. But like hiking in Glacier is it's just an undescribable experience. Mm -hmm. Yes. The mountains in Glacier, just all of it. All together, you know, everything sparkles. Mm-hmm. There's water and big lakes and waterfalls and, you know, and so you've got that. And then the high line, you're just along the cliffs. And so you've just like, I mean, you're literally along the cliffs. Yeah, you're <laughs> up there with bighorn sheep and mountain goats, man. That's where that's their terrain. And you're a visitor there. It's so cool. Yeah, you're and so the wildflowers in the summer. Oh, my gosh. Like, you mentioned the bear grass, which I love bear grass. Mm-hmm. Bear grass is so cool. But like even just 
regular wildflowers, you know, you've got whole wildflower fields going up the side of the mountains and mm -hmm. and yeah, you're just like getting towered over by all these peaks, but then there's peaks as far as the eye can see, like your views are wide open. Yeah. There's not a lot of trees, you know, and so it's just literal views mm -hmm. the whole way. It's so great. And it smells so good. Ugh. Yet great. And you can see, uh, I don't know, just so many different kinds of wildlife you can see up there. And it was just, a, it's a great trail. And I love the adventure of it. It's just so much fun. It's a lot of work. It's a long trail. It's like 11, 12 miles if you do the loop. And there's a couple of ways you can adjust it. You know, you can turn around at the Granite Chalet and head back if you want. You work for the views, but the views start at step one of the yeah. trail. We've talked about this with a few of the other trails. You don't have to do the whole thing. Just start it. And you can have an amazing experience doing just three miles of it, you know, instead of doing the whole 12. You don't even have to do three. Literally, you start the trail and it's like, Boom. <laughs> it is. It takes my breath away every time. And, you know, we mentioned before how we're trying not to like double up on trails in a national park. Mm -hmm. The Highline Trail is incredible, absolutely incredible. But what's crazy to me is that there are many other trails in Glacier that are pretty equal in yeah. views and experience and, you know, and so it's like, yeah, we love the Highline Trail. It's so cool. But man, you could pick almost any backcountry trail in Glacier and have a similar experience. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Name one off the top of your head now. Go. Grinnell Glacier. <laughs> Iceberg Lake. <laughs> <laughs> so Upper Two Medicine Lake. Sia Pass. Yeah, there's some really good ones. Phenomenally good if you love to hike in the mountains. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. I could talk about that all day. Yes. You know, that's funny because my number three is the Highline Trail. Yeah, baby. So we figured once we started getting into like these favorite trails, mm -hmm. we'll be, you know, pretty similar, mm -hmm. maybe just a little bit of adjustment on where they land in our list. But yeah, the Highline Trail has to be that far up there for me, too. Yeah. So oh. that's my number three. Sweet. All right. Back to me then. Number yeah. three. So my number three, and you're going to feel like this is way underrated, is the Teton Crest Trail. <laughs> <laughs> the Teton Crest Trail, I feel like, is just one of the best backpacking trails in the country. And it is so great. It's 35 miles long. I'm going to let you stop because you know where the Teton Crest Trail lands on my list. <laughs> I and I feel like I deserve to talk about this because <laughs> I need to defend its honor. So uh, we will we will save the introduction save for the that, Teton Crest yeah. Trail until you can give it its proper dues. It, it, it needs its proper dues. And a number three spot is not its proper dues. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and veto that. <laughs> and we'll go on to our number two. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Give it your number two. What's your number two? My second favorite trail in any national park is the Skyline Trail in Mount Rainier. Wow, that's a good one. I love that trail. Oh my gosh, this trail is so epic. The Skyline Trail is in Mount Rainier National Park up in Washington. It's in the Cascades, which this mountain range is famous for the number of volcanoes that is in this mountain range. Yes. And so you've got the Skyline Trail, you've got Mount Rainier, which is a volcano, but you've got the Skyline Trail, which basically takes you up to 
pretty much as close to the mountain as you can possibly get without like starting to climb it, Mm -hmm. you know? So like it takes you so close to Mount Rainier (laughs) and you can see it in all its glory and it's covered in glaciers and it's just, oh, it's so magnificent. It's just like one of those places where you stand there, you know, your jaws on the floor and you're slobbering a little bit because Mm -hmm. it's just like, it's so beautiful. So beautiful. It is amazing. And I actually think it's one of the only trails in the park where you're actually hiking on the mountain itself, right? Because that's where they start hiking if you're going to do the actual to the the top. That's where a lot of them start. Yeah, you'll see as you're hiking the Skyline Trail, you'll see people pass you that are outfitted for climbing. Mm-hmm. And you'll also see people pass you that are practicing climbing mm-hmm. <laughs> as you're going. And it it is just so cool. But the Skyline Trail, that one is five and a half miles round trip. So it's really not too long. Nope. You know, you can do it in half a day. Yes. It's 1,700 feet of elevation. But as I was looking at that, I was like, that can't be right. One of the hardest trails in the world. It feels like so much more. (laughs) It's so hard. It's only because, you know, as you're coming up from paradise, which is where you park, you're just going up and up and up and up and up and up and up. Until you're For a long time. Yeah. (laughs) And it's not like nice up. Like Mm -hmm. it's like calf burning up for a lot of that. But what's nice is there are wildflowers everywhere. There's mm-hmm. like random waterfalls all around you. And so there are some really good excuses to stop and take pictures and rest. Well, last time we did this trail, we had just barely purchased our children like these little tiny cameras. And so we were very happy to say, oh, yeah, go ahead and stop. Take some pictures of that. Yeah. And we have like a thousand pictures of avalanche lilies from that trail because our kids took so many pictures. And that's one of Ash's favorite flowers. Yeah, the avalanche lily is my favorite flower. It's my favorite wildflower and they're all over Mount Rainier. So, so I mean, beautiful. I'm kind of biased, but you go up and up and up. You get up really close to the mountain. And then from that point, you're going down, 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 down <laughs> as you loop back around. But then you pass Myrtle Falls, which is just so picturesque. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, you have Mount Rainier in the background and then this big, massive, huge, beautiful waterfall. So for me, I just like I love mountains so much. Mount Rainier is one of those parks where just everything is centered around the mountain. And there are so many good trails in that park. Mm-hmm. I had to go with the skyline as my favorite because it's just so epic. Yes. You know, and it's doable for most people. And if you don't do the Skyline Trail, there's shorter ones that kind of follow along right there. So you can hike around the Paradise area without doing a longer trail. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that park for me, when we went there the first time, I remember thinking, well, that's it. It's one of my favorites now. <laughs> I love Mount Rainier so much. I know. And I'm trying to play it a little bit cool because I put my number one hike is from the same national park is also from Mount Rainier. And I really can't blame you for that. There are so, so many good hikes. It was in a that pretty park. big battle between the Skyline Trail and this other one, which I won't ruin. But oh, my gosh, it was it's so great. And I love the fact that you can see volcanoes from the Skyline Trail that you realize you're part of a giant chain of the Cascades. And Mount Rainier literally is, I call it the Great Mountain. 
John Muir, I think, called it the great fiery mountain of the Cascade Range or something along those lines. You know, it's the greatest of the Cascades and it's just so beautiful. It's 14,410 feet tall and it looks it, man. It is towering. It is thick. It is just this massive, beautiful mountain that just blows me away every time I'm there. It's so great. Yeah. Oh, can't beat it. What is your number two? Okay, so I was trying to play this off pretty cool earlier, but I also put the Mist Trail from Yosemite National Park. Oh my gosh. So I had that one as number seven. That's uh, your number two. I have it as number two. And everybody was probably thinking, why is he not being enthusiastic about this when you talked about it? Number seven. I love this trail. It is so much fun for me. And any trail that I can get soaked from a waterfall just puts it up like 10 points, 10 levels in my book because I love waterfalls and I love getting wet when I'm on the trail. And that one, it literally blows you away when the water comes down Vernal Falls, the lower one, and the water splashes and it just comes up at you like a tornado, sharknado. With the situation, it just flings the water at you. You can't not get wet. You're just dripping by the time you get to the top of Vernal Fall. And then you get to even move further on into the beautiful Yosemite area. I think if you keep, keep, keep going long, 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 long way up, you can get to like little Yosemite Valley. And that's this trail that you take up to Half Dome and everything. But no, I love circling around the John Muir Trail, coming back down after you do Nevada Fall. It's just so much fun. One of my most favorite trails in the country. And that's why I put it in the number two spot. I mean, I put it in number seven, but I can't disagree with you on how cool it is. So definitely. Okay. And the moment of truth, the number one trail in the national parks for you is. (laughs) For me is the Burroughs Trail, the Burroughs Mountain Trail in Mount Rainier. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I figured it was that one, but it's a good one, but it does not beat my number one. No way. Hands down. It does not beat mine. Okay. So. The Burroughs Mountain Trail, first of all, like I said before, Mount Rainier is the great mountain. And the Burroughs Trail gets you in this position where you are literally like looking in the eyes of Mount Rainier and it is staring you back down. And it is so amazing and you are just dwarfed on it. It literally, okay, if you've seen the Hobbit movies, Peter Jackson Hobbit movies, The first time that they actually see Erebor, the lonely mountain, you know, they come up over the peak and they're looking down at the city of Dale and looking at the the, the great lonely mountain. That's how I feel like I went on the Burroughs Mountain Trail because it takes you up so high. You're on a different side of the park from the paradise. You're on, what's that area called? The, The sunrise. The sunrise section. You drive your car all the way up there and then you take this trail, the Sourdough Trail, and it merges into the Burroughs Mountain Trail and you get on top of this. It's like one of the tallest foothills Mount Rainier has. And you're up there with these herds of mountain goats and you're just looking at this massive glaciated mountain that you're actually looking at the largest glacier in the lower 48 as well. The Emmons Glacier, which just sits right on top of Mount Rainier this giant mountain. And I don't know, it's just like, I've never felt so small in such a cool way before. You know, it was, it's just, I felt dwarfed. It was like, oh my gosh, I'm looking up at this huge mountain and it just put me in my place in the universe a little bit when I'm there. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. 
and stand in awe of what I'm looking at when I'm on the Burroughs Mountain Trail. That is why it is the number one trail in the national park system. And it is so much, so much fun. It was a pretty cool experience hiking that trail. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. That whole area is so cool. But, you know, you can feel our love for Mount Rainier, I'm sure. But if you're a hiker and you've not been to Mount Rainier, it is time. It is time to go. It will change your ranking systems completely. All right. My number one trail is the Teton Crest Trail. And for the proper introduction of the trail, Yes. So now let's talk about why it's not a number three trail. It's a number (laughs) one trail. The Teton Crest Trail is a backpacking route through Grand Teton National Park. And basically, it's like 40 miles. You can make it shorter if you want to, but you're starting from close to the Teton Village, Wilson area. And you can catch the trail in a few different canyons down there, or you can take the gondola that then you're basically you're hiking the entire Teton range almost. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you're kind of back behind, you know, so it's not like to access the Teton Crest Trail, you have to go up a canyon through the Tetons. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to go up the canyon all the way to the back. (laughs) Right. You're on (laughs) the spine. Yeah. And then you catch the Teton Crest Trail from back there. I literally, I probably could have filled at least half of my list with trails from Grand Teton. Grand Teton is a fantastic hiking park. Mm -hmm. There are so many good trails in this park. But the Teton Crest really encompasses like the best parts of it. You're hiking, you start and you're like kind of down south and you've got like Marion Lake and stuff like that. And then you're going through just fields of wild flowers Mm -hmm. and it's so beautiful and then you get closer like to the death canyon shelf and stuff and that's when you really start getting those good teton peak views where they're just like oh my gosh there's the (laughs) tetons you know they're out there and then you just keep working your way closer and closer and closer and you're passing lakes Mm -hmm. and you're just like up in the mountains and there's animals everywhere and you've got water flowing everywhere and you're going up and over mountain passes mm-hmm. you know it's just some of the best you know you're you're going through cascade canyon and then you get to lake solitude and then you go over the paintbrush divide which is this massive mountain pass that's mm-hmm. just like turn around and the grand tetons just in your face and you know <laughs> and then you go down and you're passing lakes and oh my gosh it, that trail that is so amazing it literally feels like you're an ant walking on the back of a stegosaurus, you know, and all the Teton peaks, all the mountains around you are the spikes on the stegosaurus. They're just that close to you. Well, and what's funny is like, before we did this hike, I was like, you know, because I know like I've I've hiked back in there before plenty of times, but I've never, I had never done the whole Teton crest. Mm -hmm. And so like, I had a pretty good idea of like what it looked like back in there. But I remember when we got started and I was like thinking to myself, like, why are we going down? Like, we're supposed to stay pretty flat, right? (laughs) Like, we're back on the shelf. You know, there's a shelf back there that you Mm -hmm. stay on. And it's like, no, that trail kicked my butt because it was like (laughs) you go up and you're going up like 2,000 feet. And then you drop those 2,000 feet back down into a valley. And then you go back up another 2,000 feet and then you're back down. You know, it's not flat. So it was really hard. But what I like about it is it's a really good backpacking route 
that doesn't take a ton of time. It's not one like the Appalachian Trail or the John Muir Trail or places like that where you kind of want to go longer, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and the trail does go longer. Here it's 40 miles, takes a couple of days, you know, mm-hmm. and you get to see some of the best mountain country in America. Right. And if you want to know how much elevation you gain, it's infinity is how it feels. <laughs> it <does feel> infinity. <laughs> it's like 8,000 feet. Oh, it's so You know, over hard. the whole over the whole thing. So yeah, I think the hardest part of that trail for me, but the most rewarding at the same time, was going from Lake Solitude up to the top of the paintbrush divide. That was so hard. And you can actually see where you're going when you're sitting at Lake Solitude. You're like, is that little line on the mountain right there? Is that where we're going? And you Yes. And, I've, and I've done that portion of the trail a couple of times, mm-hmm. but I remember sitting at Lake Solitude with you and we're just looking and after, you know, whatever, three or four days of backpacking, like that's kind of the last big climb before you're done with the Teton Crest. And I remember we were sitting on the shores of the lake and looking up there and just like, no, no, we're not going to make it. <laughs> I know. It was so challenging. We have a picture of us at the top and... It was just like laying all over the trail. Like we had finally made it to the top and we were so proud of ourselves, but we had spent all of our energy and it was at all of our knees. You know, it was crazy. Yeah. I mean, if you love the Tetons and I know a lot of you share my love of the Tetons and you know how I feel about the Tetons. I worked as a park ranger in the Tetons, so I am like extremely biased towards this national park for sure. But the Teton Crest is the crowning glory of Grand Teton National Park. And so if you love that park and you've hiked in that park before, you have to know how amazing this trail is. Yes, it deserves a number one spot for sure on a on a list like this. And so I'm glad that you gave it a proper explanation. And hopefully if you're if you're listening to this, you need to get on that trail. It is so awesome. Well, I think, Ash, why don't you name off your list starting from 10 all the way to 1, and I'll do the same so that people can hear them all in a row. Okay. My number 10, Soul Duck Falls in Olympic National Park. 9, the Notch Trail in Badlands National Park. 8, the Devil's Garden Trail in Arches National Park. 7, the Mist Trail in Yosemite. 6, the South Kaibab Trail in the Grand Canyon. Five, the Beehive in Acadia. Four, the Narrows in Zion. Three, the Highline in Glacier. Two, the Skyline in Mount Rainier. And one, the Teton Crest in Grand Teton. Nailed it. Nailed it. All right, my list starting number 10 Longhouse, Mesa Verde. Number nine, Druid Arch, Canyonlands. Number eight, Redwood Mountain Grove, Kings Canyon. Seven, Geyser Hill, Yellowstone. Six, South Kaibab, Grand Canyon. Five, Angels Landing, Zion. Four, Highline Trail, Glacier. Three, the Teton Crest Trail in Grand Teton. Two, the Mist Trail in Yosemite. And number one, the Burroughs Mountain Trail, Mount Rainier. Nailed it. Our top. (laughs) 10 trails in the national parks ranked which we don't usually rank things (laughs) so there you go hopefully this helps you just want to get out on a trail somewhere Uh, and 
We would love to hear what your rankings are. I think we will probably do a poll on Instagram so you can chime in to our rankings. But we would also love to hear yours. So definitely reach out. Let us know if you agree, disagree, leave a comment. We would love to see those. And hopefully you'll be able to get out on the trails and get some dirt in your shoes. Happy trails. Thanks for exploring the national parks with us. Please share, like, and subscribe. And if you need any help planning your own trip, click on over to dirtinmyshoes.com. See you next week. Same time, same place. And don't forget to get some dirt in your shoes.